0: what's up guys uh we're here for the first episode of the flex your hustle podcast and today i'm joined by a special guest lazarus aka spash uh marketing genius food enthusiast and uh, yeah that's me man
1: <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me by the way man it's really a privilege to be here and and to be on the first episode mm. and hopefully when we see this in the future and it takes off and it's really far i'll know that i was on the first episode so i'm happy about that thanks my
0: guy you're uh, welcome man and we, we we definitely gonna take it far you know yeah because fact. uh i think it's something that we're doing it for the youth yeah we want them to know about the business opportunities that are available to all of us okay and okay. how you got here you know yeah so man basically uh you had your event just last week grab and go
1: yes it's last weekend yeah. last saturday yes it, that was crazy it was amazing mm. um i mean we've done it before on a smaller scale but this time around we decided to scale it up just a little bit and and the way it was received man mm. now nah, we couldn't we couldn't have guessed or expected it to be like that so we're grateful for for everyone in the north everyone in Ngwediva, everyone mm. that showed up mm. that was amazing
0: no that's, that's good to hear man you know especially in Ngwediva, you don't often get Times where there's such events, you know, food events, yeah. and in uh, a nice such setup, you get. It. Yeah, definitely. It's mean, actually yeah. good to, to see that happening now you know, in Oboi Diva. Yeah, man. You know, I'm sure people are a bit surprised to, to see you guys in town.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, generally I'm from here. Like I grew up here, mm-hmm. and then I mean, as life goes on, you move to different places. But I always knew that at some point would have to bring it back home so now with that and then looking at what is lacking in the market there wasn't uh, any better time to do it than now when we did it mm. so so i don't know perfect timing i guess
0: perfect timing yeah mm. and i guess you know one thing that stops a lot of us is like we, we try and wait for perfect timing mm. not knowing that you know uh, sometimes sometimes it, it takes is just for us to start yeah, yeah
1: yeah definitely no there's no there's no in the essence of the word there's no actual perfect timing You'll only know that it was perfect timing at the end. Like after you've done it, you're like, "Shit, I couldn't have done this at any at the any other better time." Mm. Then you realize it's perfect timing, but you can never actually sit and say, "You know what? I'm gonna start at this hour, at this year, at this now." Nah, mm. There's no such thing. Mm.
0: So, mm. Truly, there, there, there isn't, and and I feel like it takes trusting in yourself. You know. Definitely. when you when you know that what i'm going to do is going to work out yeah, yeah. you don't wait for the confirmation of a perfect time you just execute
1: yeah definitely mm-hmm. i mean the moment the moment you you take out the feeling of fear from yourself or from your heart and self doubt the moment you do that then you know it's okay because then you know failure is not an issue even if you fail you know you didn't actually fail you just put yourself in a position to learn something mm. and not achieve what you wanted at that moment. Exactly. But that puts you now at, at a different mind space where you're more confident and now you know what not to do. Mm. So I mean, self-doubt is one of the things that is that is slowing a lot of people down because mm. they want to wait for a moment where they are sure about it and I can tell you now, you will never be sure, mm. you just need to do it. Mm. Yeah.
0: Just execute. Yeah. I guess. And and uh, w- when it comes to that, I guess now you have so much experience with with other events. You know that you go to the yeah. point where Grab and Go is such a well set up event. Which other events had you done before that?
1: Um, my first, initially when I started, I was I was more into the marketing aspect of of uh event organizing so if there's a group of people working on an event i'd be the one responsible for the marketing mm. and my first major event that i worked on was the finto cultural festival mm. which at the first time already when it happened it was a great success it was a five-day event and all those five days went by perfectly that was my first one and that's the one that actually boosted my confidence and then immediately after that i worked on the ovambo festival That happened in the north as well, but just a bit deeper. And after that, I mean, I started working on the cookout market, Mm -hmm. right? The cookout market was going to be a a major food event, trailer orientated. It was going to be something that would change the whole scenario around the food events uh, aspect and then COVID happened. So that didn't happen anymore. Uh, Which is kind of how Grebenhoe uh, was born, but I'm I'm sure we'll get to that when the time comes. Mm, mm. So with those few events and then the minor ones, I kind of developed the courage to like, you know what, there's no actual failure in this thing. Mm. What's the worst thing that can happen? You don't get the amount of people that you expect, fine. But then you learn what to do the next time. So where's the failure there? Mm. So, uh, after uh, at the end of the day, experience yes, but self believe
0: mm. And I guess also you learn through through trial and error.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like you
0: mentioned, you've done a few events, mm-hmm. and I'm sure throughout each event you got to learn something specific that you then used. Always, you know, man. Yeah. And and what's funny about all of that is that people won't notice that this is your first event. Yeah. Really, they will only see after you execute a few times to say, okay, he's now gaining experience. Yeah he's got a bit of, of, of confidence you know yeah it's yeah. true so basically lazarus besides grab and go mm. you said you are from here in the north
1: yeah where exactly i'm from ongo i grew up in ongo okay uh, i was born and raised here in ongo mm. um i only moved to Vintuk and and to Tsumebe and then Vintuk for school mm. but originally i'm from here my parents are still here mm. so this is my place man
0: I guess everyone from the 065 would be happy to be like having man from Ugediva here. Yeah, man. So, like, what? how did you end up getting into events? Aside from the ones that you did, but, like, what inspired you to do that?
1: Uh, firstly, when I started, like, 2009, I think, yeah. I, I started as a promoter. Yeah, like, a a promoter, you know, when you have, like, a new product coming out or something like that, I, I so I worked for a promotion agency like on a temporary co- contract. I'd always, whenever they have a new gig, they would bring me in, or they would bring us in, for instance. So I started with that, and then that's how I got into that whole marketing atmosphere.
2: Mm.
1: And then with that, with different experiences and different uh, um, different opportunities, I started realizing ex- exactly what I want within this field, mm. and. There was, I had like a moment of kind of what you'd call soul searching where I was like trying to figure out through what do I want, who am I, what, what direction do I really want to go.
0: And how old were you when you went to do that?
1: I mean, I was, I was 22 maybe. Because I mean, I've been busy, I've been doing a lot of things, but I was all over the place. One of those jack of all trades type of thing, you, you do this, you do that. You never really get the chance to master one thing, so I figured, man, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna be in a position where I'm known for this. As much as I do two, three other things, you'd know me for this. Then I asked myself, what's the one thing I would do for free, mm. and I'd still be happy. Mm. Okay, but I mean, not for free. But I'm saying, mm. what's the one thing that I would actually do, and where money is not the biggest driving factor?
0: Mm. It's actually something that you love. Yeah, because something that I love. Something that I, I hear from a lot of people is yeah. that to say that uh, if you do something that you love, yeah, you yeah. never be worried about the money
1: aspect of things. Exactly. Yeah. So now I asked myself that. I had like a I had like a notebook at that point. I still have it, and and I wrote down the first thing that came to my mind. And I was like, just organizing something from scratch, and then at the end of the day sitting in that moment and watching everyone enjoy something that i organized Mm. from scratch Mm. that would be the ultimate happiness for me Mm. and once i figured that i kind of realized you know what this event thing at that point i think i had already been involved in one event or two i think and i was like this event thing is actually the one thing that I can do and I'll be very excited regardless of how much money you give me at the end of the day mm. because when I see the happy faces and when I see the content after and then when I see when I hear everyone's reaction that shit blows my mind every mm. single time mm. so
0: like after after realizing that you know uh, events was your thing you know yeah, yeah. Uh, who helped you set up or or, or get into it did you have anyone who managed to like uh, be your mentor through it
1: all? Uh, not not directly a mentor. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not not exactly a mentor. I mean I just started associating myself with people that are like-minded and people that that have the same same interests basically. Mm-hmm. So if for instance you're in the marketing industry, I'll I'll hang around with you i like would want to know what you know i would want to hear what you have to say and with that i got to meet more people i got to meet more people that i needed or that i wanted to be around and yeah man after that i have a lot of friends you know but the air quotes. <laughs> because uh, the term friends itself is a, is a serious thing but that's not the point i have a lot of friends mm. right mm. and these all these friends are all like-minded people. Mm. It's people. I don't want to say it's people that I've selected, mm. but it's people that I've gravitated towards on the basis of how they think mm. and what their interests are. So that I think has made it way easier for me mm. to maneuver in the whole event industry.
0: I guess something that uh, you mentioned that's important, you know, like you said, gravitating towards people that are like-minded. Uh, I, I once watched something where it says that you are like the four closest people around you. You know? And also your earning potential is mm. also the four closest closest people around you. If the four closest people around you are earning between sixty K to hundred K, you're probably gonna earn eighty. Yeah. You see? And that's how it is even mentally, you know. That's true. Uh.
1: It's true and and it's very important actually, and people don't realize it. Mm. You need you need to be very careful how much you allow yourself to absorb from certain people. Mm understand there's certain people that it's okay to hang around with for a few hours and let the conversation just be about this and this but you know there's 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 just people that you know if i spend this much time with this person at the end of a month or two months i'll probably start thinking like this person. so you minimize the amount of time you spend with that person it's the same i make sure that in every room let me not be the greatest on that table let me be the one that's upcoming always so that i'm in a position to learn from you because if i'm surrounding myself with people that always feel make me feel like ah big boss what that mm. what the hell am i learning from this and that's,
0: and that's true you know a uh, maintaining it's
1: called white white belt mentality mm.
0: you know when you you know that you're good at something but you always maintain that humble attitude to say let me not be let me take from the people around yeah definitely and i think that's one thing when you the younger you learn it the quicker you you get to see or understand certain things in life yeah even through entrepreneurship itself because even for me i was i also was put on that way you know i had to surround myself with people who were like-minded like me and then that's how i ended up in getting into the marketing scene as well yeah but in any scene even if it's food. Even the event story. I mean, if someone wanted to get into events right now, they would just have to surround themselves with people like you. Definitely.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, So. yeah, uh, I mean, sorry to cut you off there. I mean, you don't have, by surround, it doesn't mean physically being with these people all the time. Mm. And I think how that that, uh, saying is kind of misunderstood sometimes. People think when you say, are you are the average of the five people you spend most of the time with it doesn't mean physically spending time with them at your house or chills or whatever it's what you are reading as what you're watching on tv is who you talk to on the phone if you spend a good amount of time on the internet researching things about marketing or watching some marketing genius that means That is basically a person in your life already, they have influence on Mm. you. You spend time uh, listening to certain things on the radio, for instance, or podcasts that are talking about this. That's like another figurative person in your life. It's not physically your friends. You understand? It's not really about your your physical friends that you spend time with. Okay. Okay. So, you need to be careful about or careful of what you allow into your brain, you know? Yeah, the type of thoughts that you are allowed to occupy your brain, the type of shit you watch on the internet, you need to be careful about that because that, at the end of the day, is what makes up the five average people you you spend time with.
0: Mm. It doesn't. Es- it basically, you're saying it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be people. No, never. You know, it can be even the content that. Yeah, you, it's you the you co- watch, the you
1: information watch. you take in, the content, then mm. the people that you spend most of the time with. Mm. You understand those are the things that influence that it's not only physical people it's not your five friends that you see the most in your life No nah, man you can spend five you can spend a lot of time with those five amazing people and then you go home and then you spend all your long hours watching unproductive shit on the internet for instance it's pointless It's, pointless. Yeah. it's it, that that factors into your average again
0: you know, and and the one thing I like that you mentioned is that uh, whatever you watch will affect you. Mm-hmm. You said, and the, uh, one thing that I feel a lot of us, especially as the youth, need to understand is that we have a limited number of decisions before we either succeed in the specific thing we want to do mm-hmm. or we actually fail. Definitely. And I can imagine if we all knew the number of decisions we had left before <laughs> succeeding, I think everyone would want to be executing 100, yeah. you know. <laughs> And 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 that's the goal. I think is to always remember to say that I'm a few steps away from getting what I want. Yeah. I mean, if if we knew we were going to get what we wanted, how hard would we work for it?
1: We probably wouldn't work hard if 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 you knew it was coming. Mm. So that's why there's that aspect of uncertainty, because you're not sure. As much as you know for a fact that hey me I know I'm capable, it's still not guaranteed that you're gonna that you will find your way to maximizing your potential so that's it's that is that which creates anxiety mm-hmm. and for me personally it's the anxiety that that kind of drives me to try now mm-hmm. you know and i would rather try something that i'm most afraid of mm-hmm. than things that i'm comfortable with
0: and, and and what advice would you have for someone who's who has a mind an idea mm-hmm. that they want to execute but they are fearful or they have that specific anxiety that you're talking about? How, how would someone best navigate it? Because like you said, you use it as a motivation. For yourself. Yeah.
1: Look, anxiety is, is is a feeling that you get when, when there's crazy adrenaline in your body and then there's self-doubt. To me, that's what I think anxiety is. There's adrenaline from the excitement of you achieving this thing, and then there's the self-doubt. Then the combination of that is what kind of makes you anxious. Now, in that moment of anxiety, it's now up to you to decide which one of the two feelings will, will kind of come out on top. Mm. Is it your self-doubt, or is it is it the adrenaline to achieve this thing? So, kind of try and master, become the master of your fear, if that makes sense. Let the fear aspect not scare you. Like, Fine, just bang. You're afraid if you do this, you might fail. Ask yourself, what, what am I actually afraid of? Now, nah, people will talk about me. My parents won't believe in me. My friends will laugh at me. My ex-girlfriend will be happy. These are the things that you're afraid of. But in actual fact, if you do succeed, you are not even doing it for these people. You're doing it for yourself. Mm. So if you fail, you're failing for yourself. You're not failing these people the friends whoever you are afraid of you do it for yourself and then the only person that you can disappoint is yourself because mind you if you don't try and then 6 years later you're sitting here and the same guy that was on the same boat as you has tried and he's here and you're still here then those same people you're afraid of will still feel the same way they would have felt had you failed back then the mm-hmm. only difference is if had you failed back then, you would be in a better position to improve on that failure.
0: Exactly, you would have no, picked up the lessons. You know? Yeah,
1: but now you have nothing to improve because you never tried it. You
0: never started. Yeah, I think self, self-doubt self has been the number one killer of like a lot of good ideas. Definitely. Because you hear people, especially like last year, mm-hmm. I, I met uh, quite a lot of people who either own businesses or have tried to start businesses. Yeah. And you see a common thing between the ones that didn't start is that it's always self-doubt. You get it? If you doubt yourself, you are the first person to say no to yourself before yeah. anyone else can. So it's pretty much self-sabotage, really. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so who's going to say yes to you if you're already saying no to yourself? Mm-hmm. You don't even put, it, put people in a position to say no to you because you already did their job. You mm-hmm. already said no. And I mean, self-doubt is a bad thing but it's also you can't always how do i put it it's really a bad thing for someone to to have no self-belief right Mm. but there are ways to move yourself from a position of self-doubt to a position where you actually believe the hell out of yourself Mm. you understand so people if you feel like okay fine i'm in a position where i'm always doubting myself and i don't i don't I don't believe in myself this much but now you are aware of the fact that you doubt yourself Mm. try and find ways to overcome that obstacle because in and around itself it's also an obstacle Mm. Uh, everyone everyone that i've met that has done anything amazing in their life will also tell you that there was a moment where they doubted themselves so now that's the first hurdle you have to get over you have to figure out a way to believe in yourself more you have to figure out a way to become more confident in in who you are and in your role in the whole society and everything it's it starts with simple things it starts some people work out so because this homie knows he has a six pack there's a little bit of confidence when it comes around people mm. other people always smell nice homie knows he smells nice so he knows at least two three people are impressed by that aspect other people always Look nice for instance So it's all these little things You start working on these little things On yourself Figure out which one would make you Feel more confident in yourself And then start from there
0: And I think that's something that You know a lot of us uh, Youth we we tend to forget Uh That it it, it, you cannot just be confident All of a sudden Yeah, It takes you making multiple wins Even throughout the day Whether it's the fact that you look good Or you smell good or you've worked out or you've read a book. Yes. You know, such small wins compounded over a long time lead to big things. Definitely. And and I guess in all of that, the one big thing that keeps popping up is consistency.
1: Consistency. That's the consistency is the hardest thing, but also the most important thing. Because you can do one great thing. If you don't do this another great thing, we would have forgotten you within the next, however, depending on whatever you're doing. If you do, let's say you're an artist, you sing one great song, right? And we are on you and it's it's amazing, everyone is talking about you. If you don't release another one, that's just as great. All the 600 other people that were in studio yesterday, two of them are going to release hit songs and who are we going to forget? You. Who do we remember the guy that gives you at least four five seven ten twelve great songs repeatedly then you know this is a consistent person then you you judge them on the base of their body of work mm. but if you just do it once mm.
0: you'll be forgotten yeah so easy. Like, how, how do you how do you keep that consistency or remain relevant as like grab and go because i understand your, your event is not like a weekly thing uh-uh. it's, it's something that happens once every other few months yeah
1: let me break it down for you let Mm. me break down for you how grab and go happened and referencing to what i said earlier about the cookout market Mm. after the cookout market was was blocked by COVID 19 because cookout market was scheduled to happen just two weeks before Mm. the 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 lockdown or like the whole the whole thing came crumbling down Mm. it was it was announced just then. And then i realized you know what okay this event stuff is not is not working for now because now gatherings are not allowed of any sort people are not allowed to go out unless they they're buying essentials and toilet papers and all that stuff so that was out the only thing that was still allowed is the essentials like the food and toilet paper and you know the necessities mm. to get around mm. so once i figured that i got into the business of owning a butchery Mm. right so i so i opened up a butchery in rocky crest Uh, i used to live there back then is it still open no 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 we had to close it down due to several reasons but um in that in that in that moment of opening the butchery uh, i needed kind of a pulling factor i needed a reason for people to not go to the other butchery and to come to this butchery so I need. I came up with a marketing strategy of selling fast food on the weekend, right? Mm. As people would come for the fast food, and that at that point, this food that wasn't really popular on this on uh, on a small business scale, maybe in like high end restaurants and so on. So we started selling tacos and wraps and special hot dogs and special burgers and all these things. Their main idea was. To draw people to the to 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 the butchery Mm -hmm. and as they now enjoy this fast food they get to see oh wait there's a butchery here Mm -hmm. and then now they'll get to interact with they'll they'll get to see our prices and get to see how competitive we are in the market as well Mm -hmm. um and then after that after we did that uh, i came up with now at that point people were not allowed to 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 sit at places Mm -hmm. You'd have to order, pick up, and go. Oh,
0: okay, yeah. So, so basically, there was no sitting,
1: yeah. There was no sitting, there was no hanging around, there was none of that. So that's where the term grab and go came.
0: Oh,
1: yes, you, so you like,
0: basically grab and go. yes, you
1: grab and you go, like you can't sit, you can't hang around.
0: You know, it's kind of like the same pun eh? with mm. like pick and pay.
1: You understand? Ah, so it was like that, and then after that. Grab and go, which was, which was like a, the secondary aspect of the business, it wasn't the main business. The main business was the butchery. Mm. Um,
0: so, basically, grab and go you wanted it people they would come there and eat, yeah, right, enjoy the food, but they would also see that oh, this is a butchery, yes, also.
1: yes, that was the whole point. Because I know fast food and and kind of social interaction mm. that's something that drives people way more. Or way more frequently than a butchery would on its own from the ground up. So in order to get this butchery off the ground as soon as possible, mm. I brought that factor that drives people. And then when they come for that, they experience the butchery as well. Because we made sure it wasn't just an average butchery. Even the way it looked, the type, the way we sell the food, uh, the meat and so on. So people started coming. It, we did it on a weekend basis, every weekend for like... 10 weekends straight.
0: Mm.
1: We did it, we did it, and it it outgrew the butchery itself. Ah,
0: so now the butchery was like a a side.
1: Now the butchery became the secondary, you understand? Now grab and go was the main pulling factor. Then the butchery became a secondary aspect of the business.
0: Mm.
1: But I didn't want that. Mm. You understand? I didn't want the... This thing is not supposed, it was not supposed to be sustainable. It was supposed to be just a thing that comes when everyone, when the butcher is at at the level where I want it to be, then it ends. Mm -hmm. But it just kept on growing. Mm -hmm. It just kept on growing. So I figured, you know what? This is an opportunity on its own. How about I try having it at different venues of different sorts? And during that, Period when I was when I was in that thought process as well, the butchery really started struggling on its own. Like it it, it wasn't it wasn't a good idea to keep it open anymore, because mm-hmm. now the customers, really the place really just became about that fast food. It
0: became about grab. Yeah,
1: it became about grab and go, and then um, we decided to close it. Mm-hmm. Close the butchery aspect. Once we closed the butchery, we decided to make the to make grab-and-go, uh, a pop-up type of mm-hmm. food. It wasn't even an event at that no. point. It was a pop-up food stall, if you call it, if mm. you can call it that. So we started, I mean, I mean, I know a few people with nice places already, so I, I spoke to one of my friends, and he allowed me to do the first grab-and-go that wasn't on the, on the premises of the butchery. Mm. Somewhere in Platz And we did it, and it was great. And then after that, we did it again, then we deleted another place, and mm. we did it in another place, then we brought it to the north, mm. and then it popped off again. And then you understand, so then it became a thing that would happen every weekend, if not every other weekend, mm. successfully happened like that. Mm. Did you face
0: wh- what were the biggest challenges you faced trying to get grab and Go off, off the ground? Like, I, I guess you, you, it was blow up basically at the butchery. Yeah. But like now when you wanted to set up in other towns or in other venue spaces, what's one challenge you faced?
1: I mean, as much as it's not as much as the money is not a driving factor, or at least not at this point, you would still want the equivalent of your effort. Mm. Right?
0: You want to get paid what you Yeah, want to you want to
1: get paid what you put in at mm. least in in the sense of either money or the work you put in. Mm. But now sometimes, that is not that is not always the case. Mm. Sometimes you wouldn't make as much money as you expect. Even if you sold out, sometimes you'd have more expenses than you, than you hoped for. Mm. So it's all these different aspects. But at the end of the day, the only challenges you'd face is, is you don't get what you expect.
2: Mm.
1: But let me not call that the only challenge. The other challenge that I'd always face is the chefs. Mm. Right, cause cause Grab and Go initially when it started, the aim was to have a different chef every weekend. Oh ah. we understand. So
0: basically, you'd have different. You'd have maybe same kinds of food, but yeah. prepared by different people. Yes.
1: So would have like the aim was also to support. You know, there was there was a there was a spike in the market in the food market. In the local food market, like people, a lot of people started selling food from their houses, mm. and everyone started selling food. So, we wanted to kind of incorporate as we grew, they we kind of used that wave to also grow. Mm. So, we started using different chefs, the preparing the same type of food, just with their own personal touch. Mm. But you can only do that so much without running out of contacts. Mm. You understand? And un- mind you, we wouldn't advertise for them to call us, we would kind of headhunt. Whoever we think is, is, worthy, of, yeah, is worthy of what, or, or not even worthy, is in a position to do what we want them to do. Mm. But now, if for an event that's happening weekly, how much time do you actually have to find a new chef every week?
0: And get to prepare. You and know, get
1: yeah. to have the whole agreement. Because mind you, you don't have the same agreement with every chef. Mm. You, whatever arrangement you have here might not work for this person for one reason or another. Mm. So that was one of the one of the challenges. But we figured, you know what, we have at least a good six chefs in our bag right now mm. that have not disappointed us. How about we stop it here and then we start recycling those chefs? Mm. That, that means now there's more stability, there's no I know I can trust you. If mm. you say you're coming, you're coming. We'd have moments where the chef tells you in the morning when they're supposed to ta- start at eleven, they tell you at eight, I can't make it anymore. Mm. And you have all these people calling you that they are on your way, on their way. So, those are some of the challenges that you would face, but these are challenges that all business people face.
0: Mm. And how would, you, how would you be emotionally mm. when that would happen? Because I understand, you know, when something like that would happen, you would you'd, you'd, you'd go crazy. Yeah. You know? I and mean, how do you remain emotionally stable in that situation?
1: Um, I, I mean, there's someone in my life that tells me, always, that always reminds me that. Don't, there's no, there's no reason in getting upset about something you can't change. So I can't change the fact that this chef is not coming. Mm. I can't change that. I accept it. The moment you accept it, you then start thinking clearly of how can I replace this chef? How can I make it work right now in the next three hours? How do I get a new chef? Because if you spend time dwelling on this person and why they are not coming and how they are not supposed to behave like that. Mm. You're spending unnecessary time or time you don't have on unnecessary things instead of actually focusing it on where you're supposed to. Uh,
0: what you're it, supposed to execute. Yeah,
1: what you're supposed yeah. to execute. So it's because of that one person that I have in my life that always reminds me. Cause I, I stress a lot, né? so she always tells me, "Pro, there's no there is, there's no benefit in stressing about something you can't change." So accept it, leave it, and move on. Mm. Find a solution. I
0: guess being adaptable, you know, being able to adapt yeah. in an in a entrepreneurial environment is always necessary. Because things will never... It's never a time where things go perfectly. No, never. And that's why even in the beginning of the podcast, we spoke about how, like, don't wait for the perfect time. Yeah. Just execute. And now you're in a situation where you try to execute, yeah. something bad happens. It's always to try and continue <laughs> adapting.
1: That's the thing. There's always a lot of moving pieces, especially in, like, the event market. There's a lot of moving pieces because you're working with a lot of different people. Mm. Most of the time, all of them are equally important mm. to, the, to the end result of this, of this project. But now, working with a lot of different people, that means you're working with a lot of different personalities, a lot of different character traits. Some people are just not punctual at all. Mm. Some people are just not friendly at all some you understand this all these different things
0: but what 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 do you think is one thing that is business owners Mm. or or, or entrepreneurs or people who are just general employees what is one thing that we struggle with when it comes to business
1: professionalism Mm. We, we we don't want to be totally professional especially or let me say unless we are working with like the big corporates, maybe. Mm -hmm. Then they want to be like on point, then they're on time, then their, the the etiquette is on point, then everything is done correct, only when it's like that. But get a group of entrepreneurs like this together to do one project. I'm telling you now, if you say we meet at one, out of five, at least two will come 120. That's Not already, even one. Yeah, Just th- yeah That's already a, a, a problem on its own.
2: Mm.
1: That's number one. Number mm. two, we think, for instance, if you say um, photographers, for instance, I'll give you your content in three days. Ne? Mm. If you're working with a corporate, let's say a bank, you will spend three nights without sleeping. So you make sure you finish that, mm. that project. Mm. But if you're working with me, for instance, then on the, on the day you're supposed to submit, you'll tell me that, nah, I didn't get time, I had to do this, but I'll send it to you latest tomorrow or Friday.
0: And and I really don't understand, understand? Why, why we do that to each other. Because you see, the thing is, we are all trying to grow huh? and eventually be as big as those corporations and entities that we respect so much. You understand? But then now when you see a situation where they keep on, you keep on treating the fellow people that you are like that way you know even when it comes to professionalism or just generally trying to stick to their own word even time yeah per se it 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 really takes away from the enjoyment of being an entrepreneur you know
1: that's the thing and and i don't know man professionalism the thing is we were not taught how to be professional Mm. i mean we were taught ethics we taught this and that we were not taught how to apply these things. Mm. Do you understand? So most of us are learning as we go. I mean, you, as you go, as you meet more people and you meet more serious people, you start to realize that these people don't play. In whatever aspect of their life, they don't play. If it's this time, it's this time. If it's like this, it's like this. If, it's, if we're doing it blue, we're doing it blue. We don't show up red. Mm. Do you understand? And I think
0: even sometimes, you know... Uh, You can understand that someone would be late, Mm -hmm. you know, for a specific reason. I've seen this even myself. There are times where I'll promise to be there on time, then something happens, you know, just before. But I feel like one aspect is that the communication, you know, communication between one another.
1: That's 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 one of our biggest um, downfalls or flaws. Mm -hmm. Communication is so I don't know why is it hard. I don't know what makes it so hard. If you can't deliver something, don't wait for a moment when you have no other choice but to tell me. To, in order for you to tell me, if you are ready by the time you pick up, if it's five in the morning and you realize, oh, I'm supposed to do this for this person by one o'clock, don't wait until twelve thirty to tell me that. Mm. Because now my, I wasn't stressing about that, so I figured it was gonna be done. But if you tell me 30 minutes before that, what am I going to do about it? Mm. Tell me the moment you realize you can't. Like, communicate appropriately. Mm. Communication is not just talking. It's not just the fact that you call me, I call you. No, tell me what I need to hear. Tell me Tell me the correct things. Mm. Tell me, my brother, I can't come. Mm. Or I can't do this. You don't just um, keep me waiting, for instance. You know? that's and then it. just inform me in the last yeah, minute. Yeah, that's what of the it, scenarios. Uh, you, you
0: know, I feel like, eventually like you said we're all learning these things yeah it's not something that we just pick up from the get-go mm-hmm. you know and uh, eventually I feel when you are an entrepreneur there gets a point in time where you you start to develop such traits. yeah you become more professional you become more uh, on time you know and just try to stick to your word and to yeah. communicate better I think it's it's something definitely anyone can improve on if they put their mind to it
1: Definitely, yeah. and these these are not yeah. these are not things that you can. I mean, you can learn about them on paper, like you can have them in your head to mm. say, um, "I need to be on time," mm. "I need to do this," mm. "I need to be a man of my word." You can have that on paper, mm. you can know it, mm. but only when you start practicing mm. will you know how do I make sure I'm on time?
2: Mm.
1: How do I make sure I live up to my word? You won't know how to. You'll know what to do, but you won't know how to until it, until you actually start practicing and realizing, look, mm. if I need to get to a place in an hour, I need to wake up an hour before that. Oh, you understand?
2: Mm.
1: Only with that, you get to learn the type of person you are also. Mm. Then you know what not to commit to. Mm. Then you know, if, if someone tells tells you, be here in 30 minutes, and you know, I take way longer than that to do this, mm. then you know not to commit to that.
0: And, I, and I, I like something that you said, you know, knowing whether to commit to something. Yeah, I think another problem that we struggle with is the ability to say no.
1: Yep. We want to jump, yeah. sorry, we want to jump to every occasion that looks like an opportunity.
2: Mm.
1: Some Some problems come dressed in the shape of opportunity. You think it's an opportunity because you you are craving for an opportunity. So much so that you don't even take time to analyze whether it's an opportunity or not it might look like it i might come to you and tell you my guy i've got this gig for you all i need for you to do is this and this and this without even thinking about how it's gonna look at the end of the day or whether it's worth it whether the amount of time it takes and the results whether it's whether they add up without even considering that you jump for it is that actually really an opportunity if it's setting you back So the ability to say no to certain things, the ability to say no to certain people, the ability to say no to your own thoughts, even. It's also
0: And I think you said it, you just said it from easy to hardest mode. Yeah. You get it? Because I feel like thoughts are the hardest things to say no to because they are there. Yeah. Like we mentioned earlier, the moment you do not believe in yourself, you've already lost.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those things. It all comes back to self-awareness you have to be and i can guarantee you you'll never be in a position where you are fully self-aware but you have to start somewhere you have to start kind of understanding the type of person you are the type of the way in which you think the way in which you reason the way in which your thinking and reasoning is accepted by other people to understand because as much as we say do it for yourself and don't care about everybody else we live in an era where or not even an era we live in a setup where we need each other mm. so you need to find a way to make the next person comfortable without making yourself uncomfortable mm. you can only do that once you figure out what makes you comfortable and how your comfortability doesn't infringe on this person's comfortability mm. so it's the, at the end of the day it's that self awareness bubble mm. and once you get there or once you start on that journey you start figuring out things become more clearer for you um i got i got into i got into into meditation a a friend of mine put me on onto meditating and meditation and when people hear this they assume when people hear this they assume that it's now becoming a whole buddha and you spend 12 hours of your 24 hours mm -hmm. yeah just on that no (laughs) once once I learned that you can meditate everywhere you are I can we can literally be sitting in there and I just zone out even if it's just for two minutes just to get a certain level of clarity you need free up some space from your mind upload to iCloud if you if you will so it's one of those things You need to now get, there are different ways Mm -hmm. to become self aware. Mm -hmm. I just got onto that uh, meditation stuff. Mm -hmm. So, I advise that you look for, you look for, you look for your own ways, you look for your ways of coping, Mm -hmm. you look for your ways of surviving, you look for your ways of staying sane. Mm -hmm. I mean, mental illness is not a joke, Mm -hmm. as much as it's not really well, Mm -hmm. uh, we are not really well equipped yet as a country to deal with it, Mm -hmm. it's not a joke. Mm -hmm. So it's that mm.
0: it's i think it, it comes a point in time where you need to realize that there are things i need to learn yeah you get it things that i need to to, to start putting effort into understanding oh. you get it and i i think one thing i personally struggled with is trying to learn so much at one time you understand there are times where you want to do everything but you end up directing so much effort into a lot of things that you do not move uh, steps forward instead you uh, you move a few steps here mm. in the cooking for mm. example then you also learn how to maybe make bags yeah. and then you're doing all both at the same time you know it becomes pretty hectic after that
1: that's that's the jack of all trade syndrome mm. it's that thing where you feel like you can do anything right mm. which is o- which is okay it's great to feel like that mm. but it doesn't mean you have to do everything at the same time we assume that we are running out of time For instance, if you are, let's say 25, Mm. you already put yourself under this pressure to become someone so much so that you don't even pay attention, you don't even care what it takes or which person you become. You just want to become someone. Mm. What that does is it puts you in a very tricky position where everything that you think you can handle, you get onto. And then this week, you are learning graphic design. Then next week, You're learning how to purify water. The other week you are into planting, Mm. uh, (laughs) you want the nursery. Do you understand?
2: Mm.
1: It won't work. Mm. It really won't work. Why? Because things take time, number one. And in order to become an expert in something, or even close to being an expert in something, that takes time. And in order for something to work, you need to at least be close to being an an expert in it. Mm. Unless you want to gamble, maybe and that you just throw the dice Mm. so you have enough time to work on one thing to even dedicate five years of your life Mm. to one thing Mm. let's say you're 25 by by the end of the five years you are only thirty, right i
0: think also one thing mentioning that around that area about age is that we as the youth we fail to understand that we have a whole life ahead of us you see it's a whole life and there are people who only start to realize that they are into, for example, or they want to be a chef. They only realize that at 30 yeah. or even at 40 years of age. And then next thing you hear, they are the biggest chef in town. You understand. Yeah. So I guess it takes it just takes a while of directed effort, you know, in a specific direction.
1: In a specific direction, yes. Mm. You, you figure out what you are most interested in right now, mm. and you go with it. Mm. You go with it, you go with it, it fails, you go with it. Don't switch up when it fails the first time, mm. or don't switch up when someone tells you it won't work. Mm. I can tell you this you know, might even sound like a cliche, but a few people told me all the reasons why and Go wasn't going to work.
0: Mm. And and what were some of the reasons that you can share?
1: Uh, I can't share, I can't share that without kind of exposing who they are, mm. but. A few people told me mm. why it was not going to work for all the simplest reasons
2: mm.
1: which if you listen to mm. with self-doubt you'll be like yeah man maybe it won't and then you leave mm. i said my g thank you but okay mm. i'll still go with it mm. so i so you understand mm. we we're in an era where you have to kind of really believe in yourself so much that you are willing to lose people or you are willing to lose a lot of things in your life. Mm. Do you understand? Mm. Sorry. You are willing to lose a lot of things in your life to achieve what you believe in. Mm. That includes ignoring things that people say, such things, but doesn't mean you need to be ignorant about like, when you're getting actually good business advice mm. is just to say you need to kind. the final say should be with you. Mm. If I come to you and tell you why this podcast is not going to work, it might be really true, it might be good advice that I'm telling you, mm. but the final decision to say, okay, fine, you know what, it's not going to work, mm. should be with you. Mm. shouldn't be because I said it. Mm. You should now go sit and see why it won't work mm. and then kind of figure out how to make it work. Mm. I told you why it won't work because of A, B, C, and D. Mm. You're Like, okay, fine. I want to A, B, C, and D.
0: And the nice thing about it, you know, when you hear people telling you why a certain idea won't work, yeah. it will serve as like a guideline yeah. for you to follow. Okay, they said this won't work because of point A. How can I fix point A? Already before. We, already. Yeah. And, and it's like the person is dictating how you can manage your business uh-huh. already. Just from the negative comments they have just yeah. said.
1: It's like that man. Yeah. You just need to be careful about how how much power you give people. Yeah. Like generally, how much power you give people in, in, in your life, in your business, in everything. Yeah. You don't don't give people too much power over yourself. Yeah. Over 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 your business. Yeah. Over your thoughts. You understand? Kind of control how much influence a person has on you. Yeah. How much influence a person has on your business. You need to be the one in charge and kind of a baby yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess that's the importance of setting boundaries uh, within within business. Yeah. You know, what one thing that I've learned just of recent as well is that even when it comes to having friendships, mm-hmm. you know, we, we all want to work with our friends. And if there's one thing that this podcast is a pioneer about, is about we want to collaborate with entrepreneurs to educate one another of the opportunities. And the stuff that we went through to get to the places that we are, you uh-huh. get it. But now there comes a situation where, even within business, you can work with friends, you know. But there comes a time where you would rather choose to work with a stranger than a friend. Yeah. You see, because there's that whole spirit of entitlement that our our, our generation uh-huh. has. We yeah. all feel entitled to to a slot of things between us.
1: I mean, with if for for the purpose of business. When you, when you choose, for instance, business partners or associates or whoever you're going to work with, mm. it shouldn't matter so much their relationship with you. Ne? Mm. It What should count the most is is their capabilities, their business ethics, what mm. they are bringing to the table, and, and all these other factors that only matter to business. Mm, related yeah, to business. Yeah, related to business. So even if this person is your friend, mm. Even better because now you know exactly what type of person this person is. Mm. If you know this person is greedy, then you already know not to work with this person. If you know this person is half serious all the time, Mm. like they're half in, half out, then you know not to do this. Then it's even better to start with your friends because then you evaluate, then you know who to cut out. Still your friend, but not your business partner. And then you come to strangers it's even harder with strangers because you actually don't know this person mm. and everyone sells themselves so fucking great at the beginning
2: mm.
1: so it's harder like that but at least to the stranger they know there are no emotions that's why it's easier f- to do it with a stranger because if it's a stranger and they and they're not doing what they're supposed to do then you can just tell them straight that my guy is not working
0: it's, it's, it's easier to end a relationship with a stranger than then to end one with a friend. Yes. Because I feel like after you end that relationship based on the business side of things, at you the see, it is, there's that feeling of animosity to say, yeah. well, you're, you're my homie. You get it. Why would you not give me the opportunity to at least fix the situation? But I mean, in business, you yeah. are required to be that ruthless.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I've had times where people said, when people called, called me like too serious, too, like too serious about your business. Like even if you're my friend, and, and it's something as little as a $30 that you're supposed to give me for my business. Not on a personal note, for my business. I'll follow you mm. till wherever, until you give me that $30. Mm. If it's for me personally, if I gave it to you, that $30, you can have it. Mm. So now at, at points, people feel like, nah, this guy's my friend. But he's still asking me about a $50 from a grab-and-go from two weekends back. If it was a fifty dollars that I gave you on a personal note, it's okay. Yeah, then then that's a different story. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that came from my business that's supposed to fix something or grow something in my business, mm-hmm. that's a totally Or feed diff- you. Or feed me, yeah. my G. So you get you get to a point where people even call you such things. That's the entitlement aspect from friendship. Because this guy feels like nah nice, is my guy for instance i'm going to grab and go it's now 50 at the gate i'm not gonna pay i know the nigga I, I was having a beer with him yesterday what is that mm. you and, and that? you
0: know when that this aspect it comes up is to say your friends want to see you succeed but they don't want to support you to succeed
1: they don't want you they, want, they don't want to see you succeed above them either mm. Mm. most of the people will support you until you are just enough to still be around them without embarrassing them
2: Mm.
1: but never to surpass them
2: Mm.
1: that's when they start kind of trying to hold you down so not all of them mind you and not everyone and it's not like that everywhere but the certain people that that will help you number one so that they're in a position to tell everyone else that they've helped you Mm. Yeah, lah nah, my guy, put him on. I'm the one that introduced him to ABC. go will do that. And then you start working with ABC really and you're working and you're working your ass off and you're growing. Now, they introduce you to ABC, but ABC can only grow you till here. Yeah. But now you go back to them and tell them, my G, man, I wanna talk to DEF, man. Can't you organize something? Then the nigga says, no stay on that level yeah because yeah. That if he introduces you to def you kind of go or you come at the same level as, as him and then from def you mm. learn about g whatever else comes after that
0: and probably you will surpass them really mm. after that
1: that's what they're afraid of mm. without thinking about if i surpass you today but i surpass you because you put me on mm. when i get the connections i'm going to put you on
0: exactly
1: and then we do it like that but now you you want me to stay stuck here who the fuck is gonna put you on from there if you you've exhausted yourself at abc mm. but those those are the negative aspects of it mm. there's fun to it too mm. you get to meet a lot of cool people in business you get to meet a lot of smart people in business you get to meet a lot of creative people you get to learn a lot of things that you would not learn just like that
0: and i guess it's through that, that networking that you then create the environment for you to even have a business. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, even when it comes to having a product, let's say you have a good product that you want to sell, right? You cannot sell it if people either don't know about it, they don't know you, you see. So it's a matter of positioning yourself in a way that your product or service gets seen. Yes. Enough. And through those same friendships that you would have cultivated, uh-huh. you know, it's it's through word of mouth. Also, one, one of the fastest ways... Right now, you get it. And now with social media that's making it even much more faster to spread news, it's, it's, it's hectic.
1: Yeah, yeah. but I, I still feel like word of mouth is the most effective mm. form of marketing. Uh, um, because if you see it on the internet, right, you, you, you kind of look at it from a, from a general perspective. You're like, oh, okay, does this thing happening? for instance? If you hear it from me, your friend mm. and I'm already sold on it. Like I already, I'm like this Nivea product is fire. I'm already sold on in my heart. When I come to you and I tell you, bro, did you try that new white Nivea? Mm. as good for your skin and what what. Automatically, 50% you already trust. Mm. So word of mouth already does the convincing when it's positive. Already does the convincing for you. Social media just creates the awareness. Mm. The person still has to decide whether they. They like it or they don't like it. Mm. Word of mouth. Whoever brings it to you, whatever, whatever mindset or, or they had, yeah, they had or have yeah. about that one product or thing, mm. is most likely what you will have also. So word of mouth to me is, is still the, it's the one Yeah, as the number one go-to. Mm. So I need to make sure I convince the right people.
0: And I guess you convince them through creating a, a good experience. Yeah, bro. Also. 'Cause I mean, since you're in events, your whole business is about experience.
1: Only. Yeah. It's all about the experience. Mm. Because it's the experience that that it's the experience that these people experience today that makes them go talk about it. And then that makes the other people want to experience it too. Mm. You sell the dream to someone, then they run and go sell your dream mm. to everyone else. Mm. So you have to maintain the experience you have to actually keep improving the experience you have to make sure this thing hindered the people's experience in this aspect i remove it or i change it or i grow it like this and so the experience is also very important especially mm-hmm. in my in my industry New industry yeah
0: yeah no this this is honestly been an eye-opening uh, episode i guess for people who want to get into marketing or just even events themselves yeah and yeah. You mentioned you're a food enthusiast, man. What what kind of food are you into?
1: I mean, I'm 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 in a position where I want to go so deep into fast food, man. Mm. and and understand how the fast food is is influenced by all different cultures. I want to one day be in a position where I can I can see all types of of areas and the fast foods that they're into mm-hmm. and kind of bring that and adapt that into our country mm-hmm. do You understand for the longest time we've all, always been on just a normal hot dog and just a normal russian and chips fish and chips which are great things but the way in which the manner in which they are prepared like how do we adapt them to make them ours and i realized the only way i can i can learn that is by is by learning how other people have done it, and how they've made those types of fast food their own. How the Mexicans have made tacos to be t- uh, their thing. Mm. How how the Italians have made pasta to be their thing. There's pasta in Namibia, but right? it's not our thing. Yeah, but now if you go have pasta at a Namibian joint and at an Italian joint, it's, it's never gonna be the same.
0: Even even sushi.
1: Yeah. Or if if the if the pasta in a Namibian joint. Is a, re- a replication of that one. Mm. They will even call it Italian pasta or something like that. Mm. So,
0: when we have it always have its place of origin. You
1: know. Yeah. Now the reason why I call myself like a food enthusiast, mm. it's not. It's not that I'm a, I'm an amazing chef. It's actually quite the contrary. Oh, you can not cook? Not for shit. <laughs> 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 I can't. I can't cook. I'm not. My enthusiasm in food.
0: So your enthusiasm is in eating the food.
1: Not even. Okay, eating yes, because I mean I like eating. But I wanna understand I wanna understand the food and then after I understand it, I wanna recreate it to fit us. That's how I've managed to do the grab and go. I instruct the chefs what to do. I instruct them how to do it. But they just bring their expertise. They know how long something has to cook. They know how much of what you need to put in. I just tell them what to put in or what okay. to cook. Do you understand? Okay. But I can't do that if I don't know my things. Mm. So, if, if, if a chef comes to me and they have this and this and this, I'd still be able to tell them that, no, this kind of kills this flavor. Don't do it. Mm. But I can never prepare it myself. Mm-hmm. you understand? And, and,
0: and I, I, I like that we go to this topic because when you run a business, you don't have to necessarily be an expert in the business. Yeah. The people that can work for you, they can be experts. They yeah. need to be because... They need to be. But you yourself is the... The business owner, you don't need to be an expert.
1: You need to guide them. You need to know enough to guide them. I mean, the owner of a construction company never builds, never actually builds. They don't carry the bricks and put them on top of the other one. They just need to know how bricks need to be put on top of the other one, and then they take this expert that has done it for years and tell them exactly how to do it.
0: Mm. And and, and, I, and I think also it requires a certain type of leadership yeah. to be able to pull such such kind of people who experts into your yeah. business.
1: Yeah, yeah, because I mean, people that they, they need to trust you as well, they need to trust that you're gonna guide them and kind of direct them into the right uh, direction, mm. so to say. Mm. So, now if you're out here, let's say for instance, me if I'm out there grabbing go sounding like I don't even know what the pickle is, for instance, mm. this chef can r- get away with a lot of things, they'll try a lot of things, or they'll, they'll try the cheapest thing mm. because the owner doesn't know.
0: So it's important to to even though you're not an expert, it's still important for you to know about what's happening. Yes, in your I I
1: know, I know, I know just as much as the chef, except the practical work.
0: Mm, the technique, now. yeah,
1: the technique. The I, can you at least flip an egg, bro? My G. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, at least at, at, at least at least you tell the chef to flip the egg. Yeah, I tell, tell the, the chef to flip the egg, and man. And then you, you yeah you nah.
1: leave, yeah. My my, my my cooking skills are those of <laughs> someone that can prepare food only for themselves and not for anyone else. Oh,
0: okay. That yeah. That's, that's, that's dope. But you know, I, I like the, the whole lesson behind it. For your business to run, the people who work for you can be the ones who are yeah. an experts. And I guess that's how it would, it would need to go.
1: The owner of a soccer team, most of the time, can't, can't even kick a ball. Mm. But they need to know how a ball needs to be kicked. Mm. So they can tell you how to kick it. Mm. Mm. If I'm making sense, Mm. so it's like that. Just you you master your shit. You you need to know how it's done, Mm. or at least you have to know that you have. You need to have the knowledge of how it's done, Mm. and then you get someone that can do it, and then you just point them in the right direction. Mm. You understand?
0: No, I, I appreciate that, man. It's, it's pretty eye-opening, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just to wrap it up, you know, I wanted to ask, what what piece of advice would you give someone who wants to get into the entrepreneurship sector? Someone between, let's say, the ages of 18 to 23. What would you advise someone?
1: Um... 18 to 23 Mm. that's that's the that's the the one that we hear every day just start 18 to 23 just start whatever idea you have at that point just start.
2: Mm. you
1: understand don't wait don't wait to perfect it don't wait to have enough money to have the whole building standing don't wait for room if you want to be a photographer for instance Mm. But you don't have enough money yet to buy the cameras that are happening out there mm. start with your phone start with your friend's phone
0: or even look for an old yeah.
1: man. something like that just yeah. start once you start that, you can you will you place yourself in different positions or different different areas where you get to expose yourself to a lot of opportunities mm. Mm. so just by starting with your phone mm. right then you start posting your stuff, and then you're advertising it. One person will see, and they'll actually hire you just for your phone. Then they'll pay you something. Then you can save. Then you can buy like a cheap camera mm. or a second-hand camera. And then you, and then you keep on growing. Mm. And then now, when you have the second-hand camera, you find yourself at an event shooting something. And then there's another guy that has that's in that but he's been there for a long time. Then he's like, "Nah, I have another camera in there, but I don't. I don't really use it. You can." You understand? So, because you started with your phone, you put yourself in a position to get hired. Then you put yourself in a position to meet the guy with the camera that gave it to you for cheap. And then you put yourself in a position to meet the guy that's gonna teach you how it's actually done. Just because you started, Mm. this end result will never happen until you start. Mm. And that's why this thing is said so much, so many times, because it's actually true. You you can't finish unless you start you get mm, that's,
0: true,
1: man. that's that's the 18 to 25 just start my guy mm, mm. fail fail if you must fail as many times th- as you can the ones that are judging you half the time are not failing or they're not doing anything mm. so so they're not failing yeah. they're not succeeding yes. they're just not doing anything so in actual mm. fact you are already winning mm. by the fact that you started because mm. you learn. Imagine if you had jumped to the most expensive camera already, you wouldn't have the technique and the skill necessary to you handle that. You understand? Mm. So you need to struggle with this all small aspects so you learn the ins and outs of that business you're trying to be in. By the time you're in a position to actually go all out, mm. you know everything. Mm. Mm. You understand?
0: You yeah, know, I, 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 that's actually a good piece of advice. So you heard it, guys. Just start. Yeah. Just start. Just start, man. Yeah. No, it's been a has been a great episode Definitely, with you. Definitely, man. Uh, absolutely amazing episode. I guess you all must agree. And there's a lot of lessons for us to take away from this. And we can't wait to see the next grab and go. When when do you have exact date for when it's happening again?
1: Uh not yet. Not yet. The date is there, but but it's not. It's not. We can't release it yet. Okay. That is kind of part of the marketing strategy. Mm-hmm when you release the date and all that stuff. I won't get into that now. But just stay posted on all our social media platforms. Grab and go uh, on Instagram. Grab and go on Twitter. You know, that's where you will get all the information from. And we always keep it updated. So, yeah.
0: Stay up to date on your socials. And, yeah, look forward to episode 2 of the Flex Your Hustle podcast. And, basically, we're going to continue interviewing entrepreneurs business owners experts in the working industries you know we want basically to end up with a situation where a lot of the youth we can learn about these opportunities yeah you see because their opportunities are out there we just have to start so yeah thank you man for for joining us on the episode
1: thank you for having me brother all right
0: all right